This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success and show us how they attain even their lofty goals. These students, who are in the top 10% of the country, are active in student support services at NC State, a nationally recognized program designed to provide support for low-income, first-generation college students. Nationally, this population has an 11% graduation rate within six years. The student support services students surpass that rate each year and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, and engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. They have earned PhDs in Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to reach this level of success. Hi, I am Sonette Powers. I am a current senior at NC State University. My majors are in, in international studies as well as psychology with a minor in Spanish. And I will be one of your current speakers on this podcast. I am Brianna McCray. I am a senior in psychology and political science. And I'm also going to be a co-speaker. Hi, I'm Isaiah Ackridge. Um, I'm a business administration major, class of 2023, or 22, we'll see. And I'll be one of your podcast speakers. And Twinette, uh, Brianna, Isaiah are all TRIO students at North Carolina State University, as well as Caldwell Fellows, one for each of the classes of uh, the Caldwell Fellows. So welcome to Beyond the Bell Tower, the podcast for TRIO students by TRIO students. And we're going to begin the conversation. So how have you all been? There's been a lot happening as far as COVID-19, as far as uh, the, you know, racism that's always been a thing, but just now getting attention, protesting, even more killings of people of color, specifically Black people. How's everyone feeling? You can go first, Isaiah. All right, yeah, I'll take it. I'm feeling a little bit frustrated because we get to 2020 and we have all these technical advances and we just, you know, have all these advances in society with different gender acceptances, different sexuality acceptances, but then we just can't seem to accept the fact that if you are a darker skin, you should still be accepted as a human being, you should be accepted in society. But we still have a lot, a long way to go with racism, colorism, all of that. So I feel like we shouldn't even be fighting this battle in today's time, but due to the political climate, due to all the systematic oppressions and all the things that we have in place right now, we're still having to deal with this. And so it's up to the university and different leaderships to kind of set, take a stand for people that are in the minority communities to say, hey, we won't tolerate this. But if they stay silent, then that is kind of telling us like, hey, who's going to fight for us? And then when we fight for ourselves, we're kind of like taking us, oh, we're being too aggressive. Oh, we've been too rioty. Like, we're just tired and fed up with putting up with all of this stuff. So that's how I feel so far. At first, I was really angry. Like the first week of protest, I was mad, like livid. I was like retreating from my white friends. We couldn't talk. We wasn't, I was not ready to have conversations. It was hard. Like, it was hard. And I just didn't want to take it out on the people that were there for me. So it was just like, 
just give me space. I want to retreat into myself. And now that worked my internship. I'm working on a political campaign. So I'm trying to just use all that energy for that. And like, I'm not as mad as I was the first week, but we have so much work to do. There's still so much to do. And police enforcement, like law enforcement is just the beginning of it. There is racial discrimination in every part of everything in this country. And this is only the beginning. So it's like, okay, it's about time. It shouldn't have took 400 years. And speaking of taking a stand, let's talk about our university, like NC State University. So I am a proud member of the the Wolf Pack, Go Pack, okay? But with coming, with me appreciating where I come from in the university that I chose, I'm also able to recognize their failures. And for one thing, there's been a lot of complaints, and I'm one of those who complained, uh, at the lack of, now I'm not going to say sincerity, but the timing of their message, the statement that they had put out regarding racism, regarding the protests of George Floyd, it just was not as sincere as I think it could have been. And the timing, like by the time the letter was sent out to students, there were already many complaints. Other universities already made statements a week prior and I understand like it takes time to write these letters and uh, these statements out. I know it's a lot, but what do y'all think about that? Like, I personally think it could have been more sincere and like straight to the point, say it's a problem, uh, say that black people are being treated unfairly, like just state it and just be blunt about what the issue is and don't like walk around on eggshells, not willing to say what it is and what it's not so what do y'all think do you think that the timing was off do you feel like there could have been more done or said in the statement I feel like the timing was way off when I got the email I was like it this just doesn't it doesn't even matter to me anymore because you already failed to realize how your black students are feeling by not addressing it you just showed how much you really don't care and then it was like we're gonna work with the students where we can and things like that and it's just like you've shown in the past that you don't so how is it going to change now so i'm it meant nothing to me literally like nothing part of my opinion on all of this is nc state has to follow a certain protocol with everything mm-hmm. you know, we have a lot of people that invest a lot of money into this organization into mm-hmm. the organizations on the school so Part of me wants to be like, you know, they can't just say whatever they want to because they have donors that they're trying to keep money flowing in through the campus. But then the other part of me is like, what kind of campus do we want to be? You know what I'm saying? Like, what kind of culture do we want to say we have and tell students that want to enroll into this school, oh, we're, we're very diverse, you know, we don't tolerate anything, but actions speak louder than words, you know? Period. We tell students that NC State is a diverse college. If we have, we like amplified diversity and inclusion. It's like black people are having a good time here. Minorities in general are having a good time here. But then when we get on campus and we have to, you know, file complaints every two to three weeks because somebody says something racist, that's not the culture that, that I was advertised when I was coming to NC State. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely two sides to every story, but NC State and the leadership team has to determine what type of culture they want to let the school revolve around and who, what kind of students they want to come here. Exactly. And a hundred percent, because we understand that a university cannot control their students as far as NC State or the chancellor or whomever cannot control each individual student and what comes out their mouth, what they text in the group chat. We understand that. But what is the issue is the aftermath. After that's done, what are we going to do about it? What does NC State want to do about it? Is there a statement? Are we want to acknowledge what's happening and are we going to do something? And I feel like that's that's where the issue is. What is being done? And it just seemed like the bare minimum is being done. Because like you said, Isaiah, like we talk about diversity, we talk about inclusion. Like these are words that we scream out at orientation. These are words that we scream out on these websites. And it's like, that's cute and that's good. But like when it comes to actually doing the work behind the scene, to get diversity within these programs and not just with students, but with faculty. It just doesn't seem like things are being done to the degree that they can be done. That's the thing is like if the university says, this is our community, this is what's important to our community. So what's the responsibility to like make sure that happens? Yeah, and like who determines like what is an inclusive, diverse community? I think I can take that. So our college 
would not be as successful as it is without having a, a successful chancellor. The chancellor has to take a stand and set an example for the university students to follow and the people around him and his leadership team. If we, like we were just talking about, if we wanted to pride ourselves upon diversity and inclusion, we have to actually take those steps to work for a more diverse and inclusive society at NC State. So like, I know we always talk about like a few years ago, like we couldn't even be admitted to NC State. And you should know, that's part of why I came to a PWI as well. Like, even though it's not, I didn't get, you know, the HBCU experience, which is a good experience to get. And I feel like anybody that goes to HBCU is gonna be very successful in life. However, I just feel like I wanted to kind of diversify myself and diversify my portfolio and meet more people from out of the country and stuff like that. In doing that, I picked NC State. But like, from the time that I've been at NC State, it's just been a lot of issues. And I can recount from the first time the university allowed T-Push conference to come. So that was with Charlie Clerk and all them. And so I got like, that was just a whole heated event that, that event was just not good for campus culture at all. Mm-mm. People, you know, saying Black Lives Matter and people saying that no hate at NC State. And then the counteract to that was USA in America. And we're trying to promote diversity in America and promote equality in America. But you're chanting Trump 2020, USA, America. So that means that you're against what we're trying to promote, which is equality. And that's a debate, like, all by itself. But I just feel like it's all up to the leadership and what they want to do and what type of culture they want to bring to NC State. But it's also up to the students to hold these our leaders accountable. Like, you know, pay money to go to here just like everybody else does. But we should have an equal voice just like everybody else does as well. So it all it's all up to the leadership to provide us with a good environment to learn, grow, and succeed in at college. For me, it's about leadership, people in leadership positions hearing you but not listening to you. Everything that we say, we have been saying for years, that there are people in Black organizations who have positions to where they can sit at the chancellor's table and vo- uh, vocalize our problems and our struggles. And he'll say things to shut them up, but he's not listening or doing anything to fix the problem. And that's my issue. So why, why are we here? What do you, what did you give us this seat for? We're telling you our problems and you're pushing us to the side and brushing us under the rug like we don't matter. At this point, like, why Why do we listen? If you're not here for us, then why are you here? Like, I, I don't understand. I think the whole uh, diversity inclusion thing is very easy to say, and it's nice to put in documentation and all the things, but understanding that with saying we're diverse and inclusive and we have all these different communities and it's all this and that, with saying that it comes with a lot of responsibility. And when it comes with a lot of responsibility, you have to put people in these leadership positions, whether as far as the professor, as far as the like all these leadership positions with people who understand what the mission is and who are willing to be responsible with fulfilling that mission. So to add on to that, if we want to say diversity, inclusion, we're for the people, all people, all the things, we need to create programs that aren't just the whole workshops, like that's a good start, but we need stronger programs. And with creating these programs, the next question I can hear is like, what other programs or who can come with these programs? Put people in positions who are, who have the tools to come up with these other programs, meaning if you're going to want more diversity or inclusive programs created, you need to make sure the team that are putting these programs together is a diverse team who can bring in different perspectives. So maybe that means putting a woman, that, that means putting a person of color, a black person, a Latinx, like all these different people. Because one thing is maybe there are people behind the scenes that are trying to uh, come up with different diversity and inclusive programs uh, to make people more aware of what the issues are. But when those people who are putting these programs not together are not, if this isn't a table full of diverse mindsets, people from different races, people from different areas of life, then how can you possibly expect them to create a program that's for diversity inclusion? Yeah, I definitely understand that. Part of two things that I want to discuss now is mm-hmm. first, NC State interaction with the K-12 system and minority communities, minority and marginalized communities. The second one is tokenism. So I've just learned more about tokenism in college when I first started at NC State and I noticed that like, you know, it, it's very used, it's been very used 
throughout the past few years. So like, you know, how we've, when diversity and inclusion first got started, you know, it was like, oh, let's just get all these black people and take a picture and put it on a poster. And then, you know, not really tackle the issues that they may face every day at our campus. And just tokenism is very dangerous in general because it, like you said, Brianna, it gives, it gives people a seat at the table, but they're not heard when they're sitting there. You know what I'm saying? So that's and also, I know NC State does a great job with summer camps and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I attended ESA, which was Emerging Scholars Academy a few years ago, um, my sophomore year. And that was a good program, but I feel like NC State, if we want to push for a more diverse community, we need to go to these communities to where, because the, these high schoolers think that they don't have no, no way to get into NC State, you know, with the prestige of the school and stuff. So going to these schools and starting early ninth grade year saying, hey, like, do this, this, and this, and you can make it here too. And that's just going to drive more students to the school and also just like being an attractive school. So not, you know, being dry and being and like putting issues to the side that needs to be addressed quickly, creating a fun, learning, diverse community, you know, like highlighting people's talents and gifts and cultures and not just saying, oh, they're just being loud, but actually saying, hey, like, this is a culture that we need, we need to respect and love and stuff. And so that's how I feel about that. It's like when you were saying about students coming to the table and people saying like, oh, we want to know about your experiences. We want to, we want to do better. And so like, what does it take to actually come to the table, like to leadership, articulating what your experiences are, articulating like what you want. And if you're going to take all those sacrifices to come to the table to say those, that it's like, it's the truth. Like, are you respecting the amount of effort that it's taken me or us mm. and should be it's just accepted like out of professional respect that there is truth behind it and that there needs to be a response. Does that make sense? I think when we come to, when we come to people with these problems, a lot of times it, we've had them for a while and we choose not to say anything like, a lot of times we hold on and harbor it until the point where we get angry. Then once we get to that point where we get angry, we bring our frustrations to other people who may resonate with us. And then just to find out, well, they're feeling the same thing too. And then that just makes us, it just adds fuel to the fire. So at that point, you go to somebody who has the position in which they can are able to say something and where it might not resonate coming out of your mouth, but they'll it'll resonate coming from somebody else. And then it's just at stake. A lot of times when we do that, when we gather, and because a lot of times we do, we'll get together and usually it's within an organization, it's planned, where we bring our frustrations like to stack or something. We'll go, we'll talk about our frustrations and what's going on in the climate at our school. And to be told, yeah, we talked about it. And it's just, he said this, this and that, and then moved on to the next conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I think like exactly what you said, because if we're, if someone is willing to stick their neck out there and articulate this issue, that takes a lot of courage one, because here I am, feeling small at this big table, trying to gain the courage and the momentum to, to explain what's happening to me and others that I know about. And the response isn't empathetic or it's not, it's barely a response. Understanding that just triggers even more issues because not only am I being treated unfairly or things are happening to me and others around me from faculty or students, but when I come and articulate this to a leader, uh, a leader in the not community, but the leader at the university or someone in a higher position and I'm shut down. That not only speaks about the students and or the professors, but now I feel like I have no one who's even in a leadership position to even speak for me when they have the power to do so. So I could just only imagine, well, not only imagine, like it's like that in general, like you go through these issues, you find people who also go through these issues, because at first, like you were saying, you feel like you're tripping, you feel like, okay, maybe, maybe something wrong with me, maybe I said something, 
But then once you start speaking to other people to make sure, like, am I tripping? It's like, oh, nah, like, that happened to me too. Nah, that happened to me too. And it's like, okay, so what are we going to do about it? Let's do it peacefully. Let's converse. Let's congregate. And let's figure out who do we need to talk to to actually get a change. So when we go to these people in leadership positions hoping for a change because they are in these leadership positions, we assume that they're for all of us, not just for a specific race, a specific gender, a religion. We expect that these people in these leadership positions are there for all of us. So when we stick our neck out there and say something at this table and it's not even received or it's not even a response to where they're even hearing us, it's disappointing, which makes it an even bigger problem for the whole community because now no one's listening to us. So now what are we gonna do to get someone to listen? We have to, we gotta do something. And we don't like, you know, violence is not the answer, but the issue is who's for us, but us. Right, it's like you telling somebody you're in pain and their response is that's crazy. And then continuing. <laughs> right, now I want to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> like Now I got a problem. <laughs> Like I'm in pain and you hurt my feelings. Okay. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I got a question since we were talking about all this. So how do you all feel with the upcoming election? You know, upcoming election and we're gonna be at NC State. So how do you feel it's gonna go this year? Because this is my first year at, at NC State with an election, so I'm not even gonna hold you. I am I'm so scared. Like, I heard stories. I wasn't here for it, but I heard stories about what it was like in 2016. And as a political science major, there are so many white males in my classroom. And a lot of times, people like to say things just because they want a reaction. And it's not the time for it. And this climate and the political climate today, it's not the time for it. People are hypersensitive. And it's necessary, as they should be. Because these people like to say, oh, I'm joking, I'm joking. It's, it's just a joke, it's not a big deal. But these are people's wounds. People have been hurt. You can't joke about these things. And so, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Um, come November, if I'm not in class, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, listen. <laughs> Look, yeah, yeah, exactly what Brianna said. I mean, it's to the point to where I know and different, well, like the black community and just different people are saying like, are pushing the voting and like, you know, go out and vote, of course. And then of course you also have certain groups of people just like, nah, like what's the point? We got the, like, we have to pick the lesser of two evils. And I get that, I, like that mindset because it's a lot that has happened to get people to the emotional capacity to where they are now. I get that, but at the same time, it's like, we have to choose between the lesser of two evils. I mean, whoever, in your opinion, you got you can have your opinion, whatever the lesser two evils mean to you. But yeah, I think if if we're on campus, I think something about, might go down. And, and when I say that, I mean it's going to be because I know when we go on campus, like the racial climate is it's going to be not it's it's not going to be where it was when we left. When when we left, it wasn't that great. But I feel like now there's a reason protesting people are going to say certain things it's just going to be a lot of high energy on like all different sides and on top of the election i don't i don't see it going too smoothly especially if the university don't don't like start expressing how they are like trying to do better do more i think it's just going to get worse i don't i hope not but i don't know what you think isaiah what you think what you think I definitely agree with you, what you're saying. I don't want it to get worse, but of course, with today's climate, like things can escalate in a minute, in a second, you know what I'm saying? So it's definitely gonna be up to the chancellor, the leadership team, diversity and inclusion leaders in all colleges to kind of mitigate and kind of just chill it out and smooth it out, their, their environment that they create in their classes, their office settings, their meetings, stuff like that. Because, you know, it can go one or two ways with this election on campus. The first way can be, it can be protests every day. Students missing class, missing out on their academics to fight for their lives and respect. Or it can go the second way, you know, it's going to be low tension. But still, like, students are going to be mad, but we're still going to, you know, carry on and get what we need to get done. And hopefully have a good election outcome and, you know, move past all of this. But 
it's definitely not going to be smart to ignore the issue when we get back on campus. Right. Especially mm -hmm. All the protests that are going now, all the Black Lives Matter movements. So there's there's definitely going to be have to have constant communication, constant resources to go to. People are going to have to be on high alert because it could turn right. south real quick. Mm -hmm. so I feel like I really, I really like what you said about it's up to the professors and the people in higher positions in creating a safe space for all of their students. Because I know even in high school, when I was in high school, when, the day after the election, we came into class crying. I left one of my classes early because a dude came in. I'm, I went to an early college. So when I went into one of my college classes, a dude came in head to toe, Trump, everything. I walked out right then and there, couldn't do it, wasn't having it. It really is about what the professors and people of higher standards or statutes are providing for, to their students at the time because they're going to have to like and also the university allowing these the different programs that we have on campus if like the university needs to allow these programs to also step up to the plate because I understand that this isn't just like I'm a professor and I can just do A, B, C, and D. I understand there's hurdles you have to go through, uh, permission you have to get from different people in position. It's a whole thing. But I guess that, like I said, that means the university giving qualified programs who are put in place to fight against these odds and excel in diversity and inclusion, giving them the ability to do so. Give them that. So I guess what I'm saying, not to micromanage, too much to the point to where if you have these different orgs or these different programs or these different offices meant to help you with diversity and inclusion, giving them the resources and the permission to do so will also help them as well. So during the last two elections, we had trio students who were afraid to go to class the day after for both like elections because they were afraid of what the response was going to be to a point of safety. And so, because if you're the only person of color, regardless of like the, there's a separateness of like safety. And so that was the piece. So this last election, I was gonna just say with regard to the program, we had students who were afraid to go to class. And so we helped them with like getting excused absences. Like, how do you do that? Right. And then they were afraid to go to the dining halls. So we were able for them to get the to-go boxes. And so here's TRIO, we're helping students not have academic repercussions because of the community, like their level of safety and comfort level in on the campus, helping them not go to the dining hall, <laughs> you know, so we're another place where they don't feel safe. We're not doing anything to, or I guess is like to make sure the dining hall is safe. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, is it, change or like changing the you know community or is it just making it a little bit easier for like the student but it's actually not improving the student's experience at NC State so I think that's the thing I'm kind of asking is like what do you, you know like what's the responsibility of programs so I guess all right so we got MSA and they're part of the multicultural student affairs and so they provide a space to where students can go and feel comfortable in their own skin and talk about certain issues and just be comfortable in being at NC State. And we have TRIO, you know, they provide services for minority communities. And then just whatever community that you're in at NC State, if they make you feel comfortable and they make you feel proud to be who you are, then I feel like those spaces should take up more space within NC State. So like, if, if, all the multicultural students have to go to the dining hall at one time to feel comfortable. I feel like they should be allowed to, but I just feel like if students want to need it, they need to take up more space if they want to feel more comfortable. And that's just how it's going to be like during election time. If things get a little heated, give me a call. Like I'll get 20 people to come support you. If we need to sit in, if you got a free period and you want to help somebody out and go sit in their class so they can feel more comfortable with being in that class, if they're the only black person, then, Definitely do that. Yeah, I feel, I understand what Isaiah is saying. I agree, and there's a strength in numbers, but we shouldn't have to. I wouldn't say it's a job of programs to do. I mean, it's great that you do do it, though, because as students of color in every ethnicity and culture, it's hard to feel safe 
on a predominantly white campus generally because anything can happen. And our free expression tunnels, people are just allowed to do whatever and say whatever and get away with it. So I guess, I don't know. I really don't know how you how we could make that better. That's something that we would have to talk about. Yeah, I think it's because important. as students, you shouldn't feel like that. Your safety should not be at risk because of your beliefs and who you vote for and what you believe. I think it's important to acknowledge or state that this isn't a, oh, you're white danger issue. It's more like if the university isn't even acknowledging that there are people that attend this university who are reckless, I mean, reckless, yes, but also racist, and they're trying to do something about it. The only way as a person of color to be sure you're not surrounding yourself amongst those people is to be on edge whenever you are the minority, which is all the time at NC State, in these big groups. I just think it's important just to state like this isn't, oh, because you don't look like me, like, and you're white, I'm scared. It's more of a, because the university who has the power to make it clear that they are against racism and they don't choose to acknowledge it, they're giving the people who are racist on our campus the space to express their racistness, if that's even a word. Yeah, like Brianna said, like it shouldn't even be that way, but because we have to rock with what we are given, we do have to, like what Isaiah was saying, like appreciate the programs that are stepping up and to just hope that the university continues to give programs or or offices like MSA or uh, the TRIO office more space and more leadership abilities to assist these other offices and programs to also stand up and uh, help different groups, uh, whether it's a person of color, whether it's people of different sexual uh, identities, to also have space. Because the university, by not saying something, you're saying something. And what you're saying is, we want to give space to those who are against our values that we are so strongly uphold, which makes people of color and people of different sexual identities feel like we don't have space. I feel like this could maybe be a funding thing. There are a lot of times that our the dollars that we spend at state go towards things that we just it doesn't make sense that they're doing like fixing roads that don't need to be fixed or adding additions that don't really need to be added when they can go towards things like our diversity programs like trio like msa which could help give us resources but they don't mm -hmm. i know that we're taking diversity um, modules this fall but do you think they will be taken seriously and do you think that is going to improve the climate of the student life at NC State? Or how do y'all feel about that? I think it's a step. Like, it's a step. And I think that's the issue. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, there's nothing absolutely being done. Like, NC State has been where we were. Like, century. Like, I'm not saying that there's obviously some type of progress being made, but the progress that's being made does not make sense with the time. Like, there's more that could have been done and that needs to be done. So to answer your question, it's a step, a step, and I think steps need to be like continuous. So like there needs to be another step and it doesn't need to be the same step or it needs to be something that's bigger. So this is a start, but will it be taken seriously? I mean, I'm sure, I don't think it's gonna be taken seriously by everyone. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's gonna be taken seriously by everyone, no. But it's a, it's a step. It is a step, the first step, a singular step. I feel like, diversity modules are one of those things that they raise awareness but it's like okay now what are we going to do about it is it going to be taken we had to take the title nine and the alcoholism modules and i tell you i skipped through all of them and just guess on the answers like it this is something that is not going to that is not the solution it is a step <laughs> the first step <laughs> but it would be important no it's it's something that is going to be there so they can say that well we did this but it's still not doing much because we're all very aware of racism and how what diversity is but what are we doing about it right i definitely agree with you on that one do you think that nc state should hire more black faculty and professors of course Guys, let's let's make a whole class about Black history because Black history is American history, okay? So let's let's make it a mandatory thing to where 
we need in order to graduate you gotta take a black history course now see now that's a big step like that's a big step because first you have to get teachers of color specifically black teachers in these positions who are like educated to teach black history courses and yeah so that was a lot i was ready to say that but y'all go ahead i was ready we go ahead we ain't at that level yet girl. I feel but like, like what I was going to say, the research like, on of having people of color, you know, instructors of color, like there's research confirming like the positive impact of that. I mean, Dr. Nakos, for example, he's a great professor. The best teacher out there. What? Here, here. So, I mean, we kind of see that as evidence on NC State's campus. Like, I haven't even took a single class of his except during ESA a few summers ago, and just from a little. 90 minute session he made a huge impact and like he was mm -hmm. probably one of the reasons why i came to nc state in general so i mean if we get more professors like him like who knows what we can change you know right right and dr nikos touches people like all people like and he may he's not speaking in a way that's one-sided he's very inclusive as far as what he's saying but also honest and truthful about everything he's saying so like what, what was just said, like there's a research that has been proven that having black professors and teachers can make a huge difference just because you see someone who you like as a white person from a certain area been raised by whoever, you might not have really came in contact with because you already have these assumptions that a like, you know, kind of crazy or angry or, you know, so you're for, you're in this class with this black man or this black woman who is educating you. And is that right there, just that statement says a lot. Like you can learn something as a white person from a black professor just by being a student of theirs, just because the whole experience that you had beforehand of black people is different because now you actually are in connection in the same room, having conversations with that professor. What are you about to say? Not even to mention like the retention rate. I feel like the amount of black people that come and then the amount of black people that transferred just mm. like that mm. it would decrease probably because you're seeing more people that look like you being educated by people that look like you and are understanding of your struggles and who are willing to listen to you as an equal they won't use microaggressive terms and phrases or pointing you out when you need to make a comment or something that is being talked about in the class like it's just like we need more black teachers please hire more black professors the impact will be outstanding plus it's it's more to when you see black people in positions of power or of higher power it's like wow okay like my university is really implementing the diversity that they say they have and you can see that by having them here you don't even have to say it. We see. Like, you don't even, we don't have to talk about it because it's there. You see, it's not like, yeah, there's so much diversity. You don't have to keep saying it and drilling it into your mm -hmm. student when you have it. Mm -hmm. Since we're speaking on Black professors and Black faculty, could we talk a little bit about the Black community at NC State and how we as a community treat each other and just our place at NC State? We all know each other. <laughs> for the most part if you don't know you know somebody that knows them <laughs> we're so small <laughs> we're so small but we have such a great time together anytime we're all in one area like the back to school bash this year it was great it was amazing <laughs> yeah i just feel like we should be given the opportunity to have more of those events not just a specific week where we have to wait a few months to have you know the pan pan half week you know what i'm saying like we should it, like every weekend, you know, a block party, you know, some event to get the student engaged because, you know, I ain't gonna lie, when I came to NC State and went to bad school jam, I was like, NC State the place for me. Like, <laughs> he was all crammed up. He was all crammed up in Witherspoon. Okay. At least, like, he was over capacity. And so I just feel like more events to cater to black life or personal people of color life that needs to happen more frequently because then you're, you're getting the attention of other students that are in high school like, hey, let me apply to NC State and then they can continue to build on the legacy and we can shift that narrative, that a PWI. Like, we can shift the whole PWI narrative in general. Mm -hmm. Colleges need to be 
split evenly, okay? I don't even know why there's PWIs anymore. But that's a whole nother story for like Mad. Another podcast, another podcast. Yeah, another. <laughs> it's crazy to me. Like, I don't know. When I talk to people in high school, especially when they're Black, it's like NC State is so unattainable to them. Like, they they don't think it's worth going to because, first of all, they're Black. And second of all, like, what are the chances of them getting in? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Apply. I, because, you know, what my ACT, SAT scores were trash. Let me tell you. <laughs> no. Get in, apply, but I don't know. We have a great time at NC State. We all the black community is lit. Now. It is. I, just, we have problems. As an upperclassman, I mean, I I would say that yes, I personally, my experience have been good. But overall, of course, there's things that can be improved within the black community at NC State. But that's another time for another group. Okay. You know, we can kumbaya about that later. But um, overall, yeah, I, I can see that. I think it all goes back to how much NC State value the Black student. Because if you don't value your Black student, I mean, all students should be valued, okay? But we're talking about Black people at this moment, so I'm going to stick with Black students. So I feel like if NC State truly values the student, their Black student, they would do what needs to be done to make sure that community feels at home. The same way they would be done to make sure the communities like the white communities feel at home. So I feel like it goes back to who do you value? And if you're saying you value every student that enter your doors, that means you also value black students, which means you need to put the funds, you need to put the people in these positions, you need to get more faculty, people of color, more black faculty. If you're saying that you care about us, you need to do what needs to be done to make us feel not just at home, but like feel like we have a place to go to that isn't home to feel like we're at home. When you see these communities and these organizations thriving you want to continue to invest in them like when bmi was about to get moved like why would you when you see this community is thriving here their their numbers are increasing every year their retention rate increases every year like they're doing amazing things why would you try to remove them from the very spot that they're at put them somewhere else where you know they're not going to thrive as much you know like why would you do that it that's why we feel the way that we do when it comes to our spaces and our what we cherish not being valued yeah so then my thing is what you just said uh, that about uh, BMI black male initiative um that program like I can see that being from someone on the outside a person of color a person that's not black I can see why that you might think that is a great idea like let's move them to main campus, uh, more space, more people they could get in contact with. But it's like, as a person of color, and if you ask a black male who is in BMI, they might say no, because Avent is a refuge. It's a place where we can all come together and not feel like we have to be changed. So the thing is putting people in these positions who can better articulate what needs to be changed. Because I can see it being, let's make these changes happen and it's coming from a good place. But if you aren't putting people in these positions who actually are from these communities to help you make these decisions, you're basically making decisions based off of your experience, your white experience. But you're making decisions about black communities. So it's like, either way go, your privilege is just bleeding out. And it's like, okay, how about we get someone of this community to help us and assist us with what needs to be done to make this community thrive even more. You have never seen the person who is telling you, we're about to move you ever in your life. They have never been in your environment. And so you're just telling, they're just coming to you and saying, well, we're going to move you and this is why. And they're like, well, you don't see what's going on behind these walls every day. You don't live here. You don't, you've never experienced our community. You've never been to a program. We're thriving. This is one of our safe spaces. This is our home. And this is what makes us feel safe and comfortable. Why would you remove us from that? This is, why would you why would you interfere with that? Why would you want to? And that value equals being part of the decision-making of programs in my life. That's the, that's the key. So using a growth, uh, a growing mindset, uh, thinking of the problem, the connections to the problem, and then thinking of a solution, what is necessary for us to feel valued? And like for us to feel like the university also values us. And I think one of the things that we've obviously all have stated is the simple fact that we need to be a part of the decision-making process uh, when it comes to these programs that are connected to us. It's 
if we're going if this is have a direct effect on us within these programs why isn't it that we are not part of these huge drastic decisions you're making that are automatically going to affect us initially so it's like i've never seen you but you're changing my experience um i've never heard you come to a program of mine i don't even know your name i don't like who are you but all i know about you is the fact that you have the power to change this whole program or this whole experience that i initially thought i was going to have yeah i'd love to see chancellor woodson come to an event that the black community tends to have like i've never seen him at a back to school bash but i'll see him at pack of or something so it'd be great for him to come and see our environment what we're doing just imagine the chancellor doing a flag and serve yo what what <laughs> That would look be funny. That would be funny. But like stuff it's, like that. It's, it's like you're not like afraid to be like with that. these students. You have to be the one who leads. Like white students are not going to feel comfortable coming to our events when it's meant for everybody if they don't see other white students doing it. But it takes white leadership to show up too. And they don't show up. They go to other events during welcome week but we never see them yeah i definitely agree it's all about it's all about like you said brianna earlier you know that seat at the table is very valuable mm -hmm. what you do at that seat at the table and what you're allowed to do at that seat at the table that's what makes impacts you know what i'm saying so we have a whole week of pack of palooza but you know pack of palooza is kind of diluted a little bit you know what i'm saying it's not catered to everybody, you know, because, you know, we have we have a lot of artists, you know, we have a lot of culture. We would like to see some of that culture being implemented into some of these events that's on a on a wider scale. You know what I'm saying? So like NC State has Packapalooza, you know, maybe for one of the concerts, we can have the baby or something, you know. So just, just being inclusive into different cultures but then making it on a grand scale so that it's, it can be seen and accessible by everybody can change the game. Cause we had two chains. You we had two chains. That was cute. That was cute. But like you said, a grand, a grand scale. The baby would be amazing. I've heard more white students listen to the baby on oh, campus. Okay. Than, like, I'm like, I'll just be walking into Tally and I hear people's cars bumping and I'll look over and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Now, if you go listen to my music, support me, okay? Support. Right, right. Hold on. Yeah, so I guess another solution or part of the solution could be A, the chancellor or those in leadership positions. Um just showing up, not taking up space, not using it as a photography or a photo op, just coming to show that, yes, I'm here, I'm in the background, but I'm here and I'm gonna listen to y'all. Whether it's a program with NAACP, whether it's um, SAC, who, whomever, just being present and just listening to the students. Yeah, I think that could be a start, a part of the solution to just showing up, not taking up space, not, like I said, taking pictures, but just being there and it's just actions speak louder than words type situation. Right. Like, you don't got to be there to do a whole speech about how I'm here for y'all. I'm here for you. Can just be there, quiet and being attentive, and it's obvious that everybody see you and we know that you're there. We'll even take pictures with you. Just don't post them. <laughs> no. I don't want to see myself on a flyer later. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to read something because I like this NC State statement that's on their homepage. Oh. This kind of goes along with what you all were saying is over the past few days, we were made aware of social media comments made by a few students that were racist. And it goes into, so we're going to respond in this way. So if you're saying that, like, no, there was a few, you know, quote unquote, few students who made racist comments for the past years and why is it is it like we're doing this whole they're responding because of three tweets i saw that i, I reposted it on my page and i said okay now what i feel like yeah those students won't be attending state anymore but you have a history of letting this slide in the past but now it's a big thing like now black like the now the black lives movement is making strides so i don't know 
I guess, I don't know. I guess this is their way of trying to show that this is something that they're not going to condone, but they have condoned it in the past. So I don't know. I guess I would hate to say it. It's going to, we'll have to see what they do in the future because there probably will be future incidents. But what are they going to do about it in the future? And not when it's a hot topic, you know? Right. That part, the hot topic. It's like, would that have been done or done as quickly if, protests can uh pertain to george floyd brianna like if all that wasn't happening i mean we have no way to know but so we have to like move forward but it's like okay good that's one thing so what are some other proactive things we're going to do to try to not only prevent this but to educate other students who probably are like this a lot of other white students on campus who have this mindset who are just a little more low-key about it if even low-key like what we want to do I just feel like I'm, we're saying it needs to be ongoing and it shouldn't be thought about. This, These things should not have to be requested. It should be automatic. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. Like, when you, we bring these incidents to you, when you find out these incidents, why is it so mulled over for such long periods of time? Like, these, this not isolated. You need to just go ahead and handle it. Period. If you say this is not a reflection of your institution, make it not a reflection of your institution. Right without the students having to do all of this extra stuff to make you acknowledge what's happening. Right. Or expressing that it's their first amendment right. Like, because what was the university's response to the, one of the like past, um, the past events of students making racist tweets, comments, group chats. This were, if this happened, you know, like the, the times in the past where this has happened, how, how has the university responded? So I know a girl who was told to fill out a bias incident report and then she would have no follow-up, not know anything that's going on after it. And I'm pretty sure I saw the dude at uh, NC State tailgate. So do with that what you will. I don't know. From the time that I've been here, it's always been, you know, students are free to express their own First Amendment so it's really nothing like they always say like by law there's nothing they can do or there's no information that they can give out so that's what i've seen you know this is kind of the first the the tweet that they released today is kind of the first thing that i've seen is like this is evidence that they've done something to these students um i know a, a question that i saw in the comment section was you know they said the students won't be attending in the fall but they didn't account for the spring. So are the students not allowed to come to NC State at all or are they allowed to like resubmit their application and come again? So that's also something that they should probably address just to make it a little bit more clear. But how do y'all feel about that? I mean, yeah, as a white campus or like a PWI, predominantly white institution, whose foundation was not welcoming, very like problematic in so many ways that I'm sure some of us are already aware of. I feel like you should just know you should be the first one ready to start shutting stuff down when it comes to discrimination, when it comes to racist comment, especially or a institution that talks about diversity so much. It's just a lot to where it's like, it's obvious, but it's obviously a lot of loopholes to where the university has been doing what they've been doing because it is a business. And a part, the question is like, who are these people in the business? What are their values? Because regardless whether we see them people or not, like their values are, will reflect. And I think that's what we're seeing now. And then the other thing I was checking on, like at the bottom of that statement on the homepage, it doesn't list any students as members of the task. Or is that just saying, the statement is from these people. I would like to know who's going to be involved in making these changes to these policies because if they are white and male, how is that going to work? So how should they go about getting students to be on those leadership committees? So when they're saying like reviewing policies, determining diversity modules, like your students need to be on those committees. Yeah. Um, I feel like students should be involved, especially if they're students of color, because only students of color are going to know what's going to make them feel better and safer and improve their experience on right. this campus. Mm -hmm. So 
And what do you want to lead, Brianna? Like, what committee do you want to be in charge of? I don't know. I feel like probably maybe student engagement. Isaiah, what do you want to be in charge of? Um, I've always wanted to be in charge of recruitment for students and college interaction with minor like minorities and marginalized high schools. I would say similar. I had thought about recruitment as well, but also just any, I would be very interested in any committee that is focused on pertaining to, yeah, recruitment as far as getting the message to different populations and uh, different schools and assisting in the process of getting more students to come to NC State campus, specifically students of color, uh, black students to come to campus. And I feel like the best way to do that is to prepare, like let them know about certain things before their senior year or whatever the case is, something pertaining to recruitment, simply because one, it helps for students, especially students of color, especially black students, to see someone who looks like them already somewhere they want to be. And on top of that, before I could be a part of a, a program or a committee such as that, I would need to understand the values of that committee and the process NC State is going to take to move forward. Just simply because I like with my integrity, I can't really preach about something that's not actually being done and put my name beside it. So I would definitely be interested in some type of recruitment. But with that, I am all about honesty. And on top of that, I would want to be sure that who I'm representing, the school that I am representing, the program that I am representing holds true to their values as far as diversity, as far as inclusion, or is in the process of trying to get there. And I would definitely be interested in assisting in that process and being a voice as well. So how can your Caldwell family, the entire Caldwell community, support you in your leadership positions to be in charge of the NC State community? I can take that one. Go ahead. All right. So specifically, like, Caldwell is a great program. And since I've been in it so far, it's been very useful and just the people that are in it are very just authentic in general and I can just feel it when I'm around them so you know I'm trying to implement this program to kind of get at-risk kids in these different middle schools to interact with their community a little bit more and get a little bit of police officer interaction in there too and I know that that's a hot topic right now dealing with all this police brutality but I feel like in these smaller communities such as Wake Forest, Nightdale, that the police aren't kind of unethical on a larger scale like you know we have NYPD and LAPD all that but anyway so like just I had to write a proposal all of that and so trying to get police interaction with at-risk children to build a community and say like hey like all police aren't bad despite what the media say but to the same token like all to the police like all these kids are not don't need to be profiled in their community just because they're labeled at risk at the school that they go to so, you know, I feel like Caldwell is going to be a great resource for me to, and then all the students that are involved and just the alumni, all of that to help me in trying to build this program up. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the Caldwell community, I've, I'm a senior, so I've been within the Caldwell community for like the past three years and extremely grateful to be a Caldwell fellow. Um, but just like many organizations on NC State campus uh, needs, you know, some assistance as far as diversity and inclusion. Um, same for the Caldwell Fellow Program. I feel like there's been some, a lot of, a lot of improvements, especially with students within the Caldwell Fellow Program taking leadership positions um, to have difficult conversations about certain topics and to form certain groups. So I definitely think, just like many other programs on NC State's campus, you know, there needs to be some type of uh, change. But I definitely think uh, the Cotwell Fellow Program is on the road to that change due to the students who are stepping up into these leadership positions to have those diff difficult conversations. Um, I'm currently in the process of, um, of reactivating an organization entitled Queen and You. And it's uh, based off of like mentoring um, specifically like black and brown students from in middle school elementary school middle schools and high schools so i'm currently in that process and i haven't really spoken with the codwell program about that just yet but i know that if i was to need assistance as far as leadership as far as ideas they would be there for me in that way i think the codwell community as a whole has a great does a great job of creating the safe space for their students of color i do believe i don't know 
see, in my class of Caldwell, there's only like three of us who are black and all of them are female. I'm <laughs> one of the three. In Isaiah's class, they are very diverse. Like the most diverse class I have seen, like looking above and below, like that is crazy. So I feel like Caldwell in that aspect is taking great strides in trying to implement the change that they talk about and the diversity that they're talking about, you know? And shout out to the students stepping up in those positions, recruitment positions, because I think a lot of students acknowledge certain things that needed to be done and they're taking that step forward, which is why Isaiah, who's the youngest in this podcast, has seen so much like different experiences compared to me and Brianna. Right. But like, Brianna, like, what can the, the program do for you? Like, how can this program support you and like what you want to do? I have no idea. Because I I have no idea. I know that if I do need anything for an ear to bounce ideas off of, they'll be there for the most part. And the resources that we have available are always of use if I'm I'm planning what I want to do out correctly. But at this point, I mean, right now, I guess the problem is me not going to them about what I want to do. But that's just me. What can they do for you, Toinette? Like directly for you. So if the oh. like a program says yeah. we want a more diverse community, we need to change. And Toinette, Brianna, and Isaiah are like the top three students on this campus, very capable of leading, you know, changes and making impact. So it's like, what is this program gonna do to support like you each as individuals? because you have the intelligence, the skill, the insight, the commitment to your community that you want it to change. So you are the perfect person to lead that change. And so what do you need to do? Like what resources, how do you need to be supported so that you can do that? Yeah, I would say one of the things is continuing to create a space for students to congregate. I think that's already happening. Because like I said, many of the Caldwell Fellows uh, are really into taking initiative and creating programs that aren't even officially a program just so we can have those difficult conversations. But I would say, A, continuing to give the students a space for those programs, but also incorporating faculty to not, not take over the conversations, but to just sit in just absorb what's being said, not to have something to say, not to, um, you know, give their opinion, but just to be there to just hear, to listen, and to empathize with the students. So like I said, I think this process has already started within the program because like the Caldwell Fellows are like really into taking initiative. But as far as the future, I hope to see um, those conversations continuing to happen, but also for the faculty, whether it's the Caldwell faculty or other faculty at NC State, come in those spaces and be prepared not to just state their opinion, but to just listen and try to empathize with the students in order to figure out what needs to be done. Does anybody else want to comment on that? What words do you want to leave off on? I think maybe creating an environment into which we can invite people who are not a part of our community, because a lot of times Caldwell, we have a lot of impactful conversations, especially at our dinners. And I think it would be very, Mm. maybe a good idea to bring people from upper levels into our conversation so they can see we have a lot of conversations about racism and power and things like that so i feel like it will be interesting if we will be able to bring people of upper levels into those conversations so they can see what everybody else is talking about like it's not just the black community that are vocalizing these problems it's other communities on campus as well that's a great idea that's a really good idea yeah what you know though it's like no demanding all these called alumni who are very powerful people to write a statement to the chancellor saying we are powerful alumni we are committed to diversity and we are demanding you do something right because i mean we can talk about it all day i mean the conversations are impactful i learn a lot from them and we talk about it all the time but it does nothing if we are only talking about it with people who are only on the same level as us like we all get we get it so why are we talking about, why aren't we inviting everybody else to as well? But we also got to remember that like 
you know, one organization can't change the whole campus because we also have the Goodnight Scholars, the Park Scholars, and the Park Scholars does hold, hold just the same amount of weight as the Caldwell Fellows does. So getting all the organizations that have a huge impact on campus, student government, Park Scholarships, Caldwell Fellows, Goodnight Scholars, getting them all come sit down in one room, one dinner, and talk about the issues that we're all facing. And, you know, um, I know another notable alumni, Russell Wilson, if we get Russell Wilson up in here to talk to us, because Mr. Mr. Goodnight, he's a he's a part of that. He owns SAS or something, apparently. He owns SAS and he was an uh, NC State alum. We have all these notable alumni that we can bring to the conversation that we need to implement. But you know what I'm saying? People that make huge donations to the campus can come to these meetings and say, hey, this is how our students are feeling. There needs to be a certain amount of change. The students that go to this university fund this university. If you look at the itemized bill, we pay for a lot of stuff that's going on around campus. So, I mean, we at least deserve the right to have our voices heard. Right. And, you know, hurt their pockets, like hurt their pockets. I, one thing learning, I'm learning working on this campaign is things don't get changed until money becomes involved. Like once you start stripping people of their funds and their donations and all of that, they really don't start to hear you. So... Well, thank you all very much. Y'all, this was so fun. I'm glad that we got to congregate and just spread this Black joy, this this intellectual conversation. How y'all feeling about this ending? Once again. <laughs> yes, I love Trio for this. And uh, once again, I am Thonette Powers, a senior, a double major in international studies and psychology with a Spanish minor. And I am a Caldwell Fellow, class of 2021, as well as a TRIO student. I am Brianna McCray, a double major in political science and psychology, um, Caldwell, class of 2022, and a TRIO student. I'm Isaiah Ackridge, business administration major with a concentration in IT, Caldwell Fellow, class of 2023, and I also am a TRIO student. And this is Beyond the Bell Tower. By trio students. For trio students. TRIO Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our goal is helping our students reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about Student Support Services at NC State.